Around Comics, episode Chicago, this is Around Comics, a roundtable discussing topics in and around the world of comics. I'm your host, Christopher Neesman, and I am joined, as always, by my partner in crime and the co-host of the show, Brian Salazar. Hello. And next is and our I other... do not sound like Chris. I don't know what where people are getting that from. I got accused of sounding like Dr. Phil. That was Chris. Week. Oh, this Don't you me. buy me a comic book and then tell me it's a novel. You got problems. You know, stuff like that. Hey, you I think can I'm put kittens to... in the oven. It don't make them biscuits. Uh, and that makes sense. Gross. Next is our other co-host, Mr. Tom Caters. We're all getting fucked by the show notes this week because it says the wrong number on the top. This is not episode 66. <laughs> this is episode 68. Unprofessional. All right, sitting in, sitting in on the round table this week, uh, coming all the way from Arlington Heights. Absolutely. Virginia. Mr. Oh. Jay Scarzi. Jay, welcome. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. So, try not to talk that much during the show, though. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> Only when spoken to. <laughs> Only if one of us looks at you and gives you the signal. And, of course, our Monday this, regular. This and is not the signal. <laughs> so ignore Stop that. Stop flipping off the guest. Oh, Next is our Monday episode regular and the host of Word Balloon, Mr. John Suntress. I had nowhere else to go, but I'm happy to be here. Well, As always, gentlemen. It's quite the beard you're sporting, John. When's, when's the last time you got near a razor? Yeah, I know. I'm uh, the, the light of my bathroom is out, so it's like half my face. I've got a Harvey Dent thing going on right now. <laughs> Not in a good way. Not good. <laughs> All right, folks. I'd like to let you know that this episode of Around Comics is sponsored by The Damned. January and February 2007 bring the final two issues in the Three Days Dead story arc of The Damned. Low-life gumshoe Eddie is closing in on the truth behind the crumbling alliance between the infernal crime families. But how many demons does he have to kill? And how many more times must he die himself? Before he unravels the mystery. Sometimes the only person you can trust is a dead man, but when demons go to war, not even the dead are safe. Written by Cullen Bunn, illustrated by Brian Hurt, and published by Oni Press, The Damned is a supernatural noir tale that Kurt Busiek calls an absolutely terrific book. Brian Hurt and Cullen Bunn deliver a real winner in The Damned. Yes, they do. Please check out The Damned, one of my favorite new books of 2006. And I, I do believe that we're going to have uh, Cullen on very soon. Fantastic. He's a great guy. Uh, would like to let you know that Around Comics is recorded every Friday at 7 o'clock at Dark Tower Comics and Collectibles, located at 4835 Northwestern Avenue in Chicago. If you're in the area, please drop by. We would love to meet you, just like Jay Scarzi. Uh, when have you're you here? enjoyed the, uh, all the catered food that we have for the show? Everybody? Prime rib is really good tonight. Yeah. I it's say. quite fabulous. Yeah. I was surprised by the carving station. but uh, <laughs> The know. ice sculpture, just appreciate it why it's here. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Bobby Drake, really, over a you know sea of fruit and you know uh, vegetables is really kind of but a nice... But the snowman uh, version of Bobby Drake, not the bullshit ice version. Yeah. The one who wore boots. <laughs> but why does the Ted Cord one have no head? It's blown it. off. Oh. Everybody, remember to ask about Dark Tower's pull list membership while you're here. It's one of the best you'll find anywhere. Dark Tower Comics and Collectibles has everything for your comic book lifestyle. Yes. 
Mr. Your lifestyle choice. Would you think that someone who enjoys comic books was born that way or chose that lifestyle? <laughs> that's, We're getting that's into a, a whole philosophical, philosophical yeah, debate. Yeah, yeah. I just wanted to throw that out there. That Tom, uh, what happens when you get drunk? I order too many things. <laughs> Online. Online. Which raises the question. Sister. <laughs> which raises the question. I cry about whether or not Brett Favre's going to come back. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, more, it raises an important philosophical question of who watches the caters. More importantly, who watches Tom when he orders things online? Apparently no one, including Tom. You ordered two copies of Absolute Watchmen after a long day of drinking and watching football. Instead of returning it, he is going to reward a it. lucky listener. It. I say it with sort of like a filth, like, uh, it. it. Uh, he's going to reward a lucky listener with a copy of Absolute Watchmen. Yes, even foreigners can win this. Tom is essentially lazy. He knows why Watchmen is influential, but he would like you to explain it to him as well. All he wants is a paragraph showing a theme explored in Watchmen that is also explored in a current favorite of yours. Send the entry to tom at aroundcomics.com. Along with the paragraph, please include your full name and email address. One entry per person. Creativity won't win you the prize, but we guarantee we'll get read on the show if we find it interesting. I've gotten a few, so uh, we'll probably read some next week. Mm -hmm. Um, We will ship it internationally, so bring the thunder, Australia! Tom reserves the right to reject your entry if he doesn't think you put any thought into it, so please know Avengers is about fighting, and so is Watchmen. (laughs) He is lazy but demands intellectual honesty. And excellence. And excellence. All entries must be received by January 31st. I will be waiting all night. At 12.01, I'll be turning off my computer. So, Tom, how does Tom Caters feel about... Tom the Gators. Tom Caters contest. Tom, K- Tom Caters thinks someone's going to be really lucky because Absolute Watchmen looks fantastic. It, it is great. It is the bonus stuff in there really great? Oh, yeah. Oh. It's it's got all the notes. It's got the notes Complete about when he... script for the first issue. Yeah, it's got wow. the uh, notes about when he thought it was going to be the Charlton characters, and then it's got like notes about how to adapt from the Charlton characters. It's it's got a lot... I mean, uh, I, th- I thought what was really interesting was the interplay between him and uh, and the artist. Um, Gibbons. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I couldn't... Um, when they were, you know, just going back and forth. Sure, and it really... Really found out a lot more of Gibbons' uh, contribution to it. You know, oh yeah. I, I mean, uh, how much he and, yeah. put into that book. Um, you know, where where I always kind of thought and it was the, just well, the visual pacing of the book is yeah. what. I mean, it's funny from the one standpoint. I think fans of the book will say it's the story and what an amazing story it is and the deconstruction of heroes. Which is all true. Which is all true. And the pros all point at the design of the book mm-hmm. and the page layout and the sequence of panels and, 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 and that, that is that it is, as Mark Waite says, a perfect textbook of how to tell a comic book story. Well, it's in the absolute edition, looking at that art blown up with that really nice paper where the colors really mm-hmm. jump off. I think even better than glossy paper. Those yeah, colors yeah, come off they, on that really like oh, that's cool. thick paper that really shows up really clearly. And looking at all the little you get, you get the feeling that the absolute editions were almost made to showcase works like Watchmen. They sure. they are perfect for the. the I mean, absolutes. I think it's a perfect example of I've read the trade, and I think the colors and art don't look as good on that glossy paper. And the color as is does. so important to that yeah. story too. I mean, yeah. it's just another element of the storytelling. Yeah. So you should it. enter because it's yeah. awesome. And, 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 and <laughs> as a, a footnote, this is uh, this is our year of Alan Moore. Uh, you can go to the forum and check that out. Uh, this is Watchmen month, and also a complete ballad. Mother Palo Jones. Jones, which is also very good. Yeah. Not be discounted Can I simply because of the statue. Uh, yes, you may. Thank you. 
I, I guess this is probably a good time to uh, to talk about a little gift that we got in uh, in the post today. Uh, it is uh, from the Joel. Post, are we English? <laughs> We're talking about now and more, you dick. Ooh, it is from the post. I'm trying to, I'm trying to get in the mood. Um, <laughs> this package came on the lift. <laughs> uh, I'm not doing it. I'm Chimney not, not going to read. Um, I'm, not. I'm not going to read Joel's whole letter. But uh, thank you so much. He sent us the uh, complete Doctor and Quench. He sent us a couple two. 2080 monthlies and uh, thank and, you and so the 2080 Prague the weekly mm-hmm. uh, yeah. which is pretty damn cool so nice. Joel thank, thank you so much I'm gonna dive into these this weekend and uh, and get back with you and tell you tell you you're what gonna I read of them. so much Alan Moore this year you're gonna read more than most people you're gonna like Alan Moore I've got Swamp right. Thing coming out of my ears right now have That's you guys great. read any of those uh, 2000 AD uh, those uh, what DC even briefly was releasing those trades here and, stuff and like there. I've read it here and there. Yeah, I can't here. say I retained a lot you know, of it. Judge, yeah, because Judge Dredd, it really is a British thing. Because I've yeah. tried to get into Judge Dredd too, and it's like uh, I don't know, just not for me. But until I'll, Stallone recaps yeah. that. Love. God. <laughs> I've read some of the 2080 stuff here and there. But I can't say I remember any of it. Because like, really, man, I, um, I like I look, thumbing through these things. Rogue Trooper, great story, love it. There's several uh, trades out there of that, and uh, so many other interesting concepts beyond superheroes. And you know, great, great writers, great artists, and really, really cool stuff. Yes, it was. All right, and I, is. I, I think about it, and we've talked about it before. Without even knowing it, 2000 AD is kind of how I got into comics because I read the old Doctor Who reprint. Sure. And, you know, as a 12-year-old picking up Doctor Who comics, I had no idea that they a lonely were... lonely 12-year-old. As lonely. a 12-year-old girl. Yes, picking lonely. up those Doctor Who comics. Hey, man, Who good stuff. Walking Dave, into Dave camp, Gimmons, camp, campus, campus Comics, Carbondale, Illinois. Good stuff, man. Absolutely. All right, folks, this is our news and reviews episode. That means it is time to move the huge panel over to... Tom, do you want to bring the news desk over this week? All right, can we put a moratorium on the whole news desk moving joke? joke? It's not that funny to I have with, 500 of them pre-written really and to you. <laughs> All of them really gotten overexposed at this point. All right. So I'd appreciate it if we no longer use that joke. Come up with something funnier, or forget it. It's time for Wire to Wire comic news. Wire to Wire comic book news. All right, right from the top, writer Paul Jenkins recently went on Newsarama to clarify why Civil War Frontline Number 10 did not reveal the traitor like the solicitation suggested. He says, I just wanted to clarify something. It seems a number of people are frustrated that the traitor in Frontlines was not revealed in issue 10 as per solicitation. I think the solicitation was unintentionally a little misleading, and that should be explained here. Originally, the book was supposed to run for 10 issues. My editors and I provided Marvel's solicitation department with all the information they needed to sell the book. As you all know, at a certain point, the main Civil War book was hit with delays, and we all went back and examined how this event was going. I know Marvel had expected a good reaction to these books, but I'm pretty sure it was bigger than anyone could have predicted. So we decided to add a few books. They don't say. Really? A few yeah, books? A few added a to few the whole books. Civil War? But specifically for Frontline, it's just one issue, It's right? one issue. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so yeah, it's going to happen at 11. I thought the more interesting thing, and, and there was a interest, uh, an article that I posted on our <laughs> oh, site yeah. that came from the Sacramento something, <laughs> was about, B? about uh, the new Penance character that, that is coming the out of the S&M. Or Speedball, man. Uh, well, yeah, I, I, he, they really turned him around. Uh, 
180. I mean, he, that's, he now wears uh, an Iron Maiden suit. I don't yeah. want to talk bad about it because I have not read it, but honest to God, reading that description, I'm, I thought I had stepped into a time portal and walked out in the 90s. Yeah, yeah I was it was like, such an image-looking character. And, I, and I mean, I, I think they did a good job of explaining his catharsis and why he's doing this. And I, I thought that was... The motivation was is understandable. The... the Maybe the saving grace to it, because I had sort of the same reaction when I first initially heard it, and then I did read the issue, and it wasn't it wasn't nearly as over the top as I initially thought it would be. I mean, there was I mean, you get, you know, there was a long sort of build up to this change in the character, and I guess to some degree, but do you like this? Did the speedball story in Frontline? I did like the speedball story. I, I was uh, I was probably enjoying that more than like the main Civil War story to some degree. No, I agree. I think um, Frontline is like one of the best things yeah. about Civil War. I really do. And and I thought this was um, odd, uh, almost. And I hate to say it, but my initial reaction was it was it was just like done to give Warren Ellis something else to play with in Thunderbolts. Well, I don't know. Degree, I mean, I don't. I have I don't, no yeah, basis for that opinion. It was just my my initial thought was, you know, it's a that's like a Warren Ellis character to me, sure, more so sure. than a Paul Jenkins character to me. But that's like I said, that's just my opinion. And yeah. I just it just seemed a little strange that that maybe you know maybe that was the initial you know that that's what they were doing with him from the very beginning. I don't know. Um, well, and clearly they have plans for him, and it's well, good. they did, yeah, or, yeah, or maybe yeah. not, and and they maybe it start maybe it started as a grand scheme to write Speedball out as in a man, great death, and then hey, we've really got something that people are enjoying, or maybe it was their plan all along. I'm not really sure. I'm I mean, not really sure. I mean, I guess it's more interesting than just killing them off, uh, sure. you know, pulling up Blue Beetle I was in, or something. And I mean, that's the thing. I was just enjoying watching him get the crap kicked out of him in, in jail. <laughs> I, I thought I, that was great. The, the one it thing was I, interesting. The one thing I hope is that that character continues to evolve and it's not just that's the end of it and there is no you know what I mean yeah will that penance will the penance end yeah is, is there exactly a, is, is there a point a, where or is he just always going to forgive himself uh, you know right he's just always going to hate himself and, and, and torturing himself and or is there going to be a, you know a resolution, a resolution yeah. Yeah, yeah to that character well it wasn't I, I, his fault well hey next story and we have a, a guest reader this is a little girl from the local high school <laughs> Fiendish favorites resurrected from the dead. Fans of the classic horror and suspense comics of yesteryear will be happy to hear about the upcoming publication of Fiendish Favorites, a new anthology released from Brainscan Studios in March 2007. Originally solicited for an August 2006 release by Norway, the book was put on hiatus when Norway suspended its publishing operations. Those initial orders have since been cancelled, and the book now sports an all-new pulp-flavored <laughs> cover, pulp flavored. digitally painted by contributing like artist <laughs> David Wagner. <laughs> I will suck your blood if you are not quiet. Fiendish fables is suggested for mature readers. Despite the reaches, 48 pages of beautifully grayscaled black and white artwork. For only three dollars and fifty cents. That's a good price, man. Learn more at www.fiendishfables.com. That's a damn good forty-eight pages, man, for three fifty. Where'd it go, man? I've seen it. Man. I have That's to great. say, I, I've seen it, and uh, and it is really good. And it's in particular, Dave. 
Dave Wachter, ladies and gentlemen. Dave Wachter. The contributing uh, artist. They uh, gave us that pulp flavored cover. Very tasty. The story yeah. you did uh, did the pencils on. <laughs> Tastes uh, like grape. There were just some really magnificent scenes uh, that I was I was uh, honestly a little shocked by. In and a good way. In a, no, it's not, uh, seriously. Like, Dare I say There, shocked? Dave's got there was a skills. couple panels that were just like, that's gruesome. That's horrible. It, I mean, it was just like, wow, that's awesome. It was very awesome. different it was, it from what very... I've seen from you recently. It has more of a uh, Doug Mankey. Mm-hmm. The, yeah, you know, like more of a feel to it sure. than a lot of the stuff uh, I've sure, seen you put see up that. for scar tissue. Where scar tissue, a lot of the stuff you've been putting up lately is much cleaner, I think, line-wise. But the stuff you put up in there is also very good, but also a little rougher in parts, but not in a not a little in a more bad fiendish. Way. No, no, in sort of like a more of a gruesome, like yeah. getting all that gritty line, yeah, and, like and a gritty. Yeah, sense it's to great it. looking. But I really, yeah. I, I haven't gone through the entire book yet, but from from what I've seen of it, it, it looks really good. You happy so. with it, Dave? Yes, I am. I yeah. I think overall the book is really good. I mean, the other stories and stuff are really great too. So, you get a wide uh, variety of stuff too. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. This is a book so, that has taken a long path yeah. to get to the. Comic I was book publishing show. it for a little while. Peter's comics. He was totally screwing us over. Yeah, though, so, uh, yeah I think still, I, he still owes. No David boys. Off. I think we had to charge nine ninety five for the. I think pages. I put. The, I think I put out a press release. I finished. I finished the the art for my story. Um, well over a year ago. Well, yeah, yeah. I, I, I read, I read your, like, six-page preview, like, or four pages of it, whatever it was, uh, yeah. like, six, eight months ago. That's what so, it was originally going to so, be published. 48 yeah. pages for 350 Yeah, I think what we're saying is, fo- folks, if you, um, uh, please go into your LCS and have them order you a copy of Fiendish Fables, because it it's going to be well worth the 350 And And, and uh, not just because be Dave's fun, here fun. or that we like Dave, because, honestly, we don't really like Dave that much, but <laughs> it, it's... it's it, it really is good stuff. So, All right, next story. Uh, apparently, Ashley Wood had a big announcement on his blog regarding uh, IDW launching a new Tank Girl series in May. And in uh, the blog's own words, he said, if there was ever going to be a new Tank Girl series, I would want Jamie Hewlett doing the artwork and Alan Martin writing it, right? Well, Jamie can't draw it. Then, damn it, I'm putting my hand up. And I am. So in May, IDW Publishing will be putting out a new Tank Girl miniseries with uh, original creator Alan Martin and illustrated by Ashley Wood. And he says Tank Girl is a major part of my wanting to be a comic book artist, so I'm super happy to be doing this with Alan. And I think it's interesting because basically I believe Ash has that kind of clout at IDW, much like in Alex Ross in terms of, hey, I'd really like to do X book. Okay. And and Chris (laughs) Rael is more than happy to say, yeah, whatever you want to do, Ash, everybody loves you. Because... That much like Metal Gear yeah. Solid, it's an interesting combination. Jamie, uh, Jamie Hewlett's busy doing Gorillas, the band Gorillas. There you go, exactly, mm. exactly. So yeah, I you know I think it's I think it's interesting. I don't know if there's any demand for Tank Girl to be back, but I know there's always demand for another Ashley Wood Ashley project. Wood, mm-hmm. pretty yeah. much so. Ashley's come, he's a busy boy. Got some uh, got a lot of stuff coming I've been, out. Uh, I've been picking up uh, IDW puts out a magazine. Doomed, doomed. Isn't that awesome? Oh, it's great. I stuff. love that. And, and and there's always Ashley Wood stuff. Yeah, and the, yeah. Well, there's only been. Two issues or yeah, two or three. three. It's um, it's very much like creepy and eerie. Yeah, was the yeah. War, the old Warren all black and white stuff. Yep, and, and um, it has a very European feel. To yes, it, so pardon my and and there's really good. I was just reading a, a really good European. Ashley Wood story in it, and and good. So yeah, it's got a pulpy taste to it. All <laughs> right, <taste>. uh, <laughs> it does. Next story: uh, the critically and commercially acclaimed universe-altering limited series of Civil War is coming to a close, bursting with some of the most intense action and plot twists ever. Literally. <laughs> While Marvel regrets the final late shipping of the issue, 
of the final issue, final late shipping of the issue. We are pleased to announce that there will be extra pages added at no additional cost. Lucky fans! <laughs> the final in-store arrival date for Civil War number 7 is February 21st. Yeah, I believe it when I see it. In addition to the extra pages, Civil War is getting a shocking epilogue issue. Civil War, we want your money. <laughs> or also known as Civil War, the confession. Brought to you by the Eisner winning uh, team of Brian Michael Bendis and Alex Maleev. The team that brought you the Civil War prequel and New Avengers, the Illuminati. Which could be good. It's yeah. one of those things where when people complain about tie-ins, and they're always like, oh, they just want your money. But if the issue comes out and it's good, people stop complaining. Well, that, that, I, I like bad. the tie-ins better than the main I, Yeah, and I said yeah. that to Chris earlier because I've here and there sniped about you know how Marvel... Sort of these delays are and just so they can sell. They're other doing issues. it with fifty-two now too. But so. oh, but the one thing I said one. is that I can't complain too much because most good. of the stuff that has come out has been pretty darn good. Really I mean, has, you know, it hasn't really been has. a bunch of junk. No, well, it's so. given us a couple great Brubaker uh, tie-ins. So you know, the casualties of war. I gotta tell you, Chris, Chris Gage and uh, Jeremy Hans' casualties yep. of war. Iron the, Man uh, uh, I, and I was amazed to find myself enjoying it so much was the the uh, Brian Reed Miss Marvel. Civil go. War stuff mm-hmm. I thought was excellent. I was really you so, know, I, it's one of those things where people complain before I am. But if yeah. if the material's good, people will get over. So, so wait, I didn't, I didn't hear about the fifty two thing. They're, they're uh, do they're a coming out with aftermath. They're or? doing a World War three four issue mm-hmm. thing that comes out oh, April eighteenth. Okay. Wow, I and thought I thought World War three was I supposed to be addressed it's, within fifty two. It's all it's all the main stuff of World War three is going to happen within fifty two. But if you want to know about other characters I outside see. of it, oh, okay. and people are already freaking out, I'm like, well, you know, if it's good, then yeah. Originally, I thought it was going to be called World War Grundy. World War Grundy. Who's, uh, <laughs> who's writing it? Uh, Do you know? Ostrander. Oh, good. Doing it, and they also announced a Suicide Squad um, miniseries coming out of it. Is John John going to be writing that? Yes, that's Ostrander's fantastic. Writing. And it's Excellent. one of those things where people are already starting complaining about. It. And I feel the same way about the Civil War stuff. Like I said, it's like if it's good, then you'll enjoy it. If yeah, it's bad, sure. then complain about I, I, it when it's bad. The one I'm, just, very, the I'm one... very confident that Civil War number seven is going to be the best book of 2008. The one thing I was going to mention about this press release that I thought was pretty funny. Was that they they mentioned the uh, the Eisner winning team of Bendis and Maleev that brought you the Civil War prequel Illuminati? No, no mention of the actual thing that the, won the Eisner. Yeah, the, uh, the Daredevil, the Daredevil stuff that they well, did. Isn't it interesting how Maleev? What do you think? Because I know you're a big Daredevil fan. What do you think of Maleev's change in art? Because we've seen it now in the, in the Illuminati, Illuminati and the, the, new, the Avengers. new Avengers. Right, that Scarlet Witch. I don't uh, think Hawkeye I've seen issue. enough of it yet to make it. I like it. I mean, it's I I. I, it's hard for me to say I don't like anything Malieve does. Yeah. Really, I mean he's he's really a talented and and it's heck just of an neat. artist. Yeah, I, I it, it's it, neat. you know I think it depends on the story. I don't know that I'd want to see that in everything, but so far what I've seen of it, I, yeah. I, I'd I, like I, to see it on like a monthly basis. I would, before I, I would really develop yeah. my like oh, opinion I of it. You, make an opinion. Yeah. you know, like I'd want to see it a couple times in a row and see yeah. how it works within a story. Speaking of him, it's, he... it's obvious. Oh, sorry. No, no, go ahead. I mean, it's also it's also material appropriate because you know. A power pack book in that style well, is not right. going to be sure, <laughs> good. Sure, sure. But uh, I'd like to see that. Did you guys like that I'd new like Avengers gritty. issue? Yes, I did. I did. Yeah. Yeah. Still making up my mind on it. Yeah. I, I didn't dislike it. Um, oh wait, all, no, but, I didn't. But, uh, I thought we were talking about. No, I didn't like that one. Yeah, like the Hawkeye Scarlet Witch. I I did. I thought it was it was first of all it's typical Bendis, which in a good way because I, I don't think that you could resolve what happened in one issue. Mm-hmm. So I'll accept it as an entertaining interlude yeah. that will be addressed later on. That was sort of on. my problem with it. 
But I mean, that's whatever Same, it is. Yeah, so, but but I mean, yeah, I didn't dislike it. I just kind of it was just like eh, I didn't really care that it was then, mm-hmm. and and you know in that issue and I don't know. Well, I, I'm just curious to see what they are going to do with Cliff later on. I, I just want to know how the hell he's back. Is Clint, 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 Cliff, Clint, Clint. You're thinking um, of Cliff Steel robot. Yeah, All right, uh, All next right, story. Next <laughs> yes, I'm thinking of Cliff Steel robot. <laughs> the Black Coat rides again. Ape Entertainment announces second the second Black Coat series along with. Uh, be in the book contest. Ape Entertainment is proud to announce the Black Coat will be back for a second series starting next May. Uh, and they're, to help celebrate the series, they are giving fans a chance to get their face immortalized in the book. One yes. lucky winner will appear as a character in the second series and receive both a signed copy of a Call of Arms trade paperback and a signed copy of the book they appear in. Go to www.the-black-coat.com for more information. So I think that uh, first contest, they did the same contest for the first series, and I think it was a very big success for them. And uh, the gal who appeared in that is now going to be a reoccurring character, so it's a great chance and fantastic. to... Is it still uh, Francesco Francavilla's art? I do, we know? Yes. do believe so. Yes. It is. Mm-hmm. Yep, Which Ben and yeah. Beautiful black and white. Yeah. Which uh, uh, John just did a uh, released a couple weeks ago a great interview with Ben Licious, who's uh, kind of the who's creator. got the best name in Ben Licious. Ben, ben, ben Licious. He is Ben Licious. Yes, he is. Yes. <laughs> now he's. Uh, I I love the Black Coat. I really did. Mm-hmm. It is one of my favorite books, and I was so pleased to discover <laughs> last year. Ben Licious. Milkshake brings all the boys. I, I, to what are you giggling about? Yeah. <laughs> Just when John was saying, I love the black, I thought he was going to say something else. But that's I, right. love I love the black Ghostbuster. <laughs> no, no, no. I the black Winston. Ghostbuster did nothing. <laughs> Remember that from uh, Saturday Night Live? Yeah. One of the All few right, funny folks. things that Julia Louis-Dreyfus <laughs> yeah. uh, did on Saturday Night Live? Black. Please, black please check out the black coat. I do believe that the uh, first trade, A Call to Arms, is now available. I know a lot of people <clears> had trouble tracking down the first issue. so now you don't I have to bought one that. of the last copies of the first issue. Me too. Chicago. I Me too. bought, I think, the last First you, issue. you didn't. Yes, I did. No, you didn't because I bought mine after you, so wow. no chance. <laughs> it's, it's and fun. I don't believe mine was the last. That's so. why if we ever do a, uh, nice try. if we ever do a round of comics, on this, buying yeah. the last issue of the did black. Did you buy the last one? No, they just kept telling everybody. If we <laughs> ever do an around comics uh, one oh one thing, and Chris is talking about it, it's. Probably all from rose-tinted glasses. <laughs> ben Licious just kept telling everyone, this Damn. is the last issue. This yeah. is the, and he'd pull this another one out. Issue, this is the last one. Box. I'm going to sign this it This is the last one. Yeah. All right, yeah. folks. Yeah, uh, next story, Top Cow Productions is flexing its muscle to help out a great cause in the Hero Initiative. Top Cow is soliciting and distributing The Unusual Suspects, an all-original 96-page graphic novel written by Dan Wickler line of 30 days of night and that's coming out in march proceeds from the sale of this book will benefit the hero initiative the only charity dedicated to specifically helping comic creators in medical or financial need so check that out and uh please help out the hero initiative i think it's one of the best comic centric charities you can find out there sure I love it. Whenever I see anything they're involved with, I try and buy something from them. I'm going to have to ask Chris about uh, the uh, book because I'll be seeing him at the end of the month at the FX convention in Orlando. Fantastic. So I, uh, I hope to find out about that. So look for uh, for the unusual suspects coming out from Top Cow. And thank you, Top Cow, for stepping up to the plate and helping out the Hero Initiative. Uh, I guess some uh, talk from Alan Moore over mm-hmm. at World Famous Comics regarding the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen Black Dossier. And to quote Mr. Moore, as you might expect with the League, there's no one who appears anywhere in these books who is not somebody that you probably should have heard of 
or heard about from literature or from films or comics or some other cultural source. But I don't want to tell you who's in it. For one thing, as I'm sure you can imagine, the closer we get to the present day in the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, the more intricate the dance around minor matters like copyright have to be. Victorian characters are fair game. They're all public domain. Even so, you occasionally get somebody like Sax Romer, the author, who I believe didn't have the decency to die until sometime in the 1940s or 50s, Bastard. which meant that he couldn't use Dr. Fu Manchu in the League, so they had to use an Oriental mastermind who was known as the Doctor and who was controlling Limehouse, but, of course, everyone knew who it was. And I do find that interesting because uh, we saw in the second volume of League of Extraordinary Gentlemen the earlier 1800s League with Dr. Sin, and I can't remember any other characters, but Dr. Sin, the Scarecrow. Oh, yeah, the Scarlet Pimpernel. Pimpernel. Yes, the Pumpernickel. The Scarlet Pumpernickel, which was a great book. If you're waiting to write your Superman story, right. you Give up. don't because yeah. they have enough fucking money that they're going to keep exactly. that copyright forever. Exactly. Never going to get that. You know, you're absolutely yeah. right. I mean, that's that was the interesting thing. There's that, not yeah, enough was... public. There's not enough people in the public who give a shit to care that. There's not enough people out there who have their own awesome Mickey Mouse meets Superman story to like. There's nothing wrong with it. that if they if they keep churning stuff out. But Doc Savage and The Shadow are perfect examples of, of very good characters that Street and Smith and Condé Nast are so stingy with in terms of how they release them that they have fallen out of the hero lexicon, and that's ridiculous. Nobody I mean, knows are, who the fucking Phantom is. Well, that's what I, exactly. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. It's so funny. Like you know, you'll you'll get a few you know comic fans that are fans of the Phantom yeah. that are younger and think it's interesting, but. I mean, I think guys like my age and Hillary Barta and people like that were, you know, we're like the last generation that gave a shit about these characters and what, really read the old pulps. What's the uh, what's the over under on Black Dossier coming out in two thousand seven? Oh, I think it'll be out this year. I don't know. I already paid for it. So yeah, I thought they already. Uh, they, <laughs> you pre-ordered it in two thousand five. Uh, the last the last DC announced said that the release date's to be determined. Okay. So. All right, next story. Another thing to be not determined is the New York Comic Con's programming. Uh, The New York Comic Con. I know, my (laughs) segues are becoming more and more excellent in their silliness. The New York Comic Con taking place in Manhattan's Jacob K. Javits Center on February 23rd through 25th. What's the K stand for? Cavalier. Caters. Jacob Caters. I'm hating on Jacob Javits, a great man. Is pleased to reveal the highlights of know. his anime program. <laughs> you would know. Jacob Javits wrote one we of have the greatest on. Phantom <laughs> backup stories of all time. All right, all right. Where, the, where the Phantom and Teddy Roosevelt ruled Puerto Rico in an alternate earth. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the New York Comic Con taking place in Manhattan's Jacob Caters Javits Center on February 23rd through 25th. Is pleased to reveal the highlights of his anime program. Cheers, everyone. <laughs> Yay. A- uh, anime, manga, and manhwa, and the lifestyle associated with that Korean manga have Thank become you. a driving force in American popular culture. And the New York Comic Con is very happy to have a wide and deep selection of anime, manga, and manhwa companies and creators <laughs> present at the 2007 event. Sure Representatives from ADV, Anime Network, Anime News Network, Bandai Entertainment, Be Beautiful Manga, Central Park Media, Del Rey, Funimation, Go Kamai, Harmony Gold, Manga Video, Media Blasters, Net Comics, New Type USA, Think Tokyo Pop, Vertical Inc., and Viz Media will be on hand. Be <laughs> will will all be on hand at New York Comic Con, hosting panels, answering questions, and presenting their visions for where anime culture will lead in 2007. If you want to look at this, I suggest you go to the 
New York Comic Con website. And, and they're, they're, they're going to have a bunch of premieres. Jesus NYComicCon.com is the website. Yes. Yeah. NY. Be Harmony Gold, by the way, great hooker on uh, Maxwell Street. Nice. Really takes Harmony care Gold. of Harmony Gold. Big fan of Harmony Gold. There's a so, lot of companies. Well, that's Harmony Gold. Ah, you're right. <laughs> there Manga Video is a fantastic restaurant in town. It looks like there's going to be a tremendous amount of anime oh, everything. And, uh, and manga. It's going to be a lot of everything there. there. Yeah, it's going to be great. Uh, okay. <laughs> The next and last story. Next and last story. Uh, <laughs> over at the Beat and other places as well as uh, the Comics Journal blog and, and different places, stories come out about uh, the apparent Cowboys and Aliens scandal that's happening. Um, last week, a David Lewis, not like any particular, any David, particular Lewis. David Lewis, a David Lewis, um, on his blog said, uh, what smarts most is that CNA is listed as the top-selling graphic novel. Yes, Entertainment Weekly crowns it as number one. First, that's crap. I think we all know that's crap. And by we, I mean people who actually go to comic book shops on an almost weekly basis to stock up on the newest, the best, and the guilty pleasures, not always mutually exclusive. Even folks who are only casually aware of the comic book industry as either a consumer, a producer, or a critic know that this is crap. Entertainment Weekly naming Cowboys and Aliens... The number one graphic novel is like saying Girls Gone Wild, Spring Break, Sex Riot is the number one DVD I didn't know that was over Pirates of the Caribbean. Basically, the story is that Entertainment Weekly ran uh, ran a story about um, top the top seller, top selling graphic novels, and Cowboys and Aliens from Platinum Studios was rated as number one. And there came out afterwards a, a bunch of information and rumors that. There were some behind-the-scenes things going on that that made that possible. Yeah, but but where did they get their sales from mid, figures from? From the Midtown Comics One website. One comic store. Well, and and the or funny Midtown thing is, 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 Midtown has actually come out and said that they never contacted them. Mm-hmm. That they assume they just pulled it off of their website sales oh, figures. Okay. But that's Does, not the only thing that's happened here. I mean, there's yeah. there's been things. It's a going big old mess. That comic shops have been getting paid. You know, basically order this X amount of. Of Cowboys and Aliens, and we'll pay you back. You know, we'll send you a check. And then these comic shops turn around and they sell them for a quarter or give them away. I mean, there's been yeah, numerous I got my packers cheap. selling for dollar yeah. ninety nine. Well, I mean, there's, I there's plenty of people saw, saying they're getting them for nothing. I saw on a message and, and, uh, board. I think it was actually at the beat that people were going to Midtown and they were giving copies away. Yeah, giving Midtown. Away. I heard Graham Crackers had a, a huge stack for Graham, like. Graham does, Crackers. I, I was at Graham Crackers the other day, and they were selling them for a buck. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Does Does EW do a weekly chart of graphic novels or a monthly chart of graphic novels? I'm, I don't think so. I don't because that this is, is just that like is kind weird, of weird, and that you're right, but. Well, and, and like I said, my assumption is that Platinum did this in an attempt to try and you know. Get enough notoriety so they could sell the yeah. property. Yeah. I mean, that's sort of what, that's what, pla- Platinum, that's what Platinum, has, Platinum does. Yeah, exactly. You know, Platinum that's, that's, is a idea, you know, an intellectual property yeah. company trying to make movies. Yeah, it has to be, but there's not enough money to be made from just right. selling graphic novels yeah. for, and, for and that I, to be worthwhile. Well, and I have to say honestly, I do like the basic concept of Cowboys and Aliens. Um, you know, I haven't read as, it. I didn't you know, get my free copy. I refuse. I to think they're now. giving away so copies here at Dark Tower. No, I was going to say, Mark, are you giving away copies of Cowboys and Aliens? Ooh, you sold them. Wow. Did you get payola from it? Did they pay you? Did they send you a check? Not a little, not even a dime. Not a dime. Well, there you go. Um, But the one thing I did did want to say is that there are still, like, I don't know how much of this the artists and writers and the guys that produce the the actual books uh, were involved in this whole thing. I don't know. I mean, I've heard, you know, so uh, that's kind of the the worst part of it. It's like, I could care less. I 
you know, whatever. But like some of these guys are gonna have a stigma about this, maybe follow them around in the industry, and and that you know, it, it's a blip. I understand. But yeah, it's a, it is. It, it is. is it it's a blip. Is. I mean, it it's a is. it's a shitty move. It really is a shitty marketing move. And it, it and it is kind of crappy. But you know, and it's shitty by EW to yeah. fucking yeah. not even to, do to your bu- due diligence and and you know find Dude, out that's, the truth about. That's, it. I think that's the next issue of Nightly News. And that's, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say that's, that's <laughs> it's funny. That's exactly what I was thinking. Jonathan that's the Hickman's going to get him. That's the state of journalism. It's scary to think him, that uh, like lazy. I do more research in news stories than yeah. EW. Yeah, it's <laughs> entertainment. Uh, so what's solid today? Oh really? All right. All right, guys. That'll wrap that up. We're all done with the week's news. That means it is time for Top of the Stack. Top, top of the Stack. stack, stack, stack. That's right. It's Top of the Stack. Our chance to let you, the listener, know what we, the panel, have been reading for the last week. Mr. Ketaz. Mr. Ketaz. Ooh, 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 ooh. Uh, Some welcome back, Cowder. Teamer for everyone, if you didn't catch that. Uh, my top of the stack is phonogram number four. You're by, just saying that because your letter got printed. I'm in the letter column, the first oh, time call. ever. Uh, <laughs> but no, actually, uh, this um, this issue of a comic book. I read this last night when I got home from. I was at like rehearsal for writing something. I got home and I was like, I'm gonna read one comic, and I was like, ah, I should read phonogram. And uh, because I, I immediately saw that I was in the letter column, because I was decades from up. now when <laughs> yeah. some little child immortalized out his, his platinum age phonogram. But It'll that's say, not really why you liked it. No, why I liked it was because um, when my two greatest passions in my life, when I was about you know 17, was I, I really loved Britpop music. A tremendous amount, and it completely set me apart from other people that I hung out with. There was like one other guy who liked it, who I'm still friends with now, and we were the only two people that ever knew about like Blur or Oasis, and we're the only ones who really like knew about that stuff. And the other thing I really liked was comic books. So this to me is like the biggest nerdgasm I've ever had in my entire <laughs> life. It's so funny. Tom and I uh, actually bumped into each other on a Wednesday at the comic shop, and I know that every issue of Phonogram is taken, every cover is taken off of a, a classic Britpop um, CD album cover, cover yeah. Yeah, album cover. And I'm like, Tom, uh, what what record is that? It's uh, Modern Life is Rubbish by Blair. Didn't miss a beat. (laughs) Yeah, I was listening to it the other day. But um, one of the things I love about this comic book is that I got all the references immediately, and it made it feel so personal to me, just like how when I listened to the music that this is about, it felt so personal to me, like it was mine and I owned it. And anyone else who liked it, I immediately had a connection to. Like, so whenever I see someone on like a comic book message board say they like Phonogram, I feel the same sort of affinity to when I lived in Green Bay and I would ever meet anyone who listened to Pulp or listened to Blur, and I was like, oh, because you would immediately have something to talk about. And I give them a lot of credit for not dumbing it down. Like this issue. As, he, as Kieran writes in the back, is a very difficult issue. He was very afraid of this yeah, issue. Yeah, because it's very yeah. reference-heavy, and it's very, like... Because one thing about comic book fans is comic book fans don't mind being lost. 
they just don't like being lost and thinking other people know what's going on. That's like the greatest thing that comic book fans hate, I think, really, truly. As long as right. other people are not, not, not in on the joke. Not in on the joke. And yeah. this issue well, kind of flirts with that. Years of being made fun of. And yeah. And, and I think this issue flirts with it, but I, I, I think they do book. a good job of... There's still a story and there's still really striking imagery. And it, it really just struck me. And I finished it and I read everything. It's a complete package because it has... The great comic book, but also has the fantastic essay by Kieran at the end, and it has a letter column, and it's just McKelvey's art again, great, yes, perfect very, fit for the book. Yep, very just clear. Uh, the scenes with Beth on the bridge, mm-hmm. you know, like it's it's just a great comic book about if you've ever had anything in your life that you really loved and really attached yourself to, and then all of a sudden you find out that no one else cares about it about ten years later, and you're like, well, what did I do? Like, did I attach myself Wasted to something? Wasted my yeah. time. Like, was it really a waste? Was it really a waste of time <laughs> yeah. to believe in all that like stuff? Like comic really books? Yeah. Well, was yeah. it really I mean, a waste of collection? Is that's, that's a, that is a great moment in that book, and don't want to ruin it for people because you really should check it out, is when uh, Cole says, we were never crowds. We were, we were people at a concert. Yeah. We were just people Together. that were all in the same in place. place. Yeah, and I mean, and that's what this book to me has one. become about, is about... Well, the, like attaching when you're young and you attach yourself to something, and then all of a sudden you have to deal with the fact that the, it's not around anymore. Yeah, you it's, know? Gone. That's, it's, it's gone. It's moved on. The, the one thing I really want to say is because I uh, was never into Brit pop. I mean, yeah. I, I found out about bands like Blur and, and Oasis later and, and that, but I was never. I, and a lot of the references in this book I don't always get um, because of that. But at the same time, I, I really enjoy it because there's still an affinity. I mean, just growing up, I think most kids teens you know there's there's music and then there's everything else in your life and even yeah. though you may not get all the references that are in this particular you know book that feeling is still there yeah you know, it's you like know the kids whether that, whether it's brit pop or whether it's metal or whatever whatever uh, it is you the were kids into, i went to high school with that or you know were in love with no effects or whatever right. like how do they deal with that as you get older and all of a sudden what you once attached yourself to maybe right. necessarily isn't what it was anymore. That, so how that, do you deal with that? It's yeah. still there regardless of, of whether you listen to all that music or not. And, and you talked about being lost, but Kieran always gives you a roadmap in the back to get unlost. Oh yeah, he re- he explains who everyone is. He mm-hmm. explains why it's difficult, why the issue's difficult. And it's a you know when people tell me they don't read the stuff written in the back of comic books, I'm always like, oh that's crazy. That's the best stuff of yeah, the issue. Yeah. Is listening to him explain what goes on in this. It's issue. like I can't imagine reading Casanova and not reading the yeah. the back. And I think what it what it does to some degree is that he explains, you know, this is why I love this stuff. And if you want to know more, you know, it's not like, and like you're talking about, it's like you're not in on the joke. I mean, he's like, this, you know, this is why. But he's gonna he can ex- you can find out what the joke is right, like, right. by doing this. You can yeah. go look it up. It's not a secret. He's yeah. not hiding All right. it from you. Phonogram number four. Is that four or five? It's number four of six. Oh, four of six. Okay, yep. so, so two, more. Uh, uh, two more issues. And we've already seen the cover for the collected edition. So if you're waiting for the trade, that's that's fine. This is going to be a fantastic I have collected. a lot of friends who are uh, music fans, so I'm going to be buying the trade for and giving the other guy mm-hmm. who liked Britpop. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and I also I think that we're going to be talking to... Uh, uh, Mr. McKelvey, uh, the man himself, in uh, uh, hopefully a couple weeks. So I'm going to touch base with Jamie. Uh, Scarzi, what is your top of the stack? 
Well, I feel like an asshole for just, you know, yeah. picking a superhero comic. <laughs> I was going to pick well, I was going to pick Stormwatch. Like we never my top of the stack is uh Green Lantern Corps number 8. Uh, it's the second part in the and I look at it now Dark Side of Green arc. Uh, it's written by uh, Key Champagne, art by Patrick Gleason. Patrick Gleason. Patrick Gleason. I was about beautiful. to say Jackie Gleason. <laughs> Jackie. <laughs> no, no, that would be a feat. Doing the Green Lantern Corps. Uh, you know what? It's I was I'm a big old school Green Lantern fan. You know, like the core, like the idea behind it. You know, wasn't a huge follow of the book, but followed it enough to know most of the things. Excited when it got started. Uh, my excitement started to wane with the Guy Gardner on vacation storyline, yeah. uh, and I thought that they got one chance to get me back, and this has got me so pumped. This uh, this really is really cool. Just taking a totally different side of it, and the way you know, I'm hoping that there's an out from the way things ended oh, up bit, yeah. with uh, uh, with everyone involved uh, in in the end of this issue because they built some cool <laughs> folks in a really short period of time that that I was inve- I felt invested in almost immediately and and for that for just you know for 44 pages now going on 66 for the third part is just phenomenal and a really great start and I I almost you know not that you know the stuff Gibbons was was doing especially in the in the limited series and then in the first few issues of the first of the uh, of the new ongoing weren't great um but he champagne seems like he's really got a great handle on things and and I would almost want to see him taking over full time well what I like about this is I like the idea that Green Lantern Corps could become a, a serious sort of like JLA classified or JSA classified where someone could come in with a really good Green Lantern story and that keeps it fresh. Like, Absolutely. I felt the same way you did where I was sort of like, Gibbons is doing okay, but it sort of felt like, eh, another Guy Gardner, he's on vacation, well, who cares? And then this came in, it's such a complete change. And it's also, if someone described to me this comic book, I would have said I hated it. It's all like, <laughs> the black ops, green lanterns, and they don't wear rings. They swallow their power. I would be like, oh, that sucks. But then I read it, and it's actually really cool, and it's drawn really well, and it's done in a very, like... It's really cool. Yeah. The way I always, I, I was thinking about it for the first one was, uh, um, it's like the movie Narc. Joe Carnegie. Yeah. yeah, it's it is. kind of like a superhero space kind of version of narc and i just i love that movie and thought this was really reminiscent of that Absolutely. all right mr centris um you were I, I have i have to split my vote gentlemen and the only reason They're why is good books. they really are both good books it's uh, two miniseries one ending and the other in its second issue the one ending uh, agents of atlas len kirk and uh, jeff parker doing an amazing job i, I enjoyed the wrap-up uh, w- the thing that ties these two series together is it's about uh golden age uh characters and uh, in the case of Agents of Atlas, it was a bunch of the Marvel characters, the 1950s Avengers, that uh, were shown in one of the What Ifs, I believe What If 9. Uh, and it's been a great series. I enjoyed the wrap-up. It, it completely does a 180 on the story that you were following with Jimmy Woo and his uh, cast of, Mar- of uh, Atlas heroes going after the Golden Claw. And uh, it was a great 180 on the story. Uh, I know Sal wasn't crazy about the ending. Uh, but well, yeah, well I, I think I had built myself up. I mean, I loved that series. I absolutely loved every issue, every page. It was fantastic. And and not that I disliked this final issue. I, I think I was 
I, I was just, you know, I didn't want it to be the cheap way out of like there's this huge battle and everything's you know everything you know that kind of thing where they where it was sort of leading to yes it was leading and to. and so i give them all the credit in the world for not the doing turn. that yeah. yeah and they did the completely you know left turn absolutely and i liked it but but there was something about it that um i was just a little disappointed with i i, I can't even put my finger on it so much there was just something. It was like I. Uh, I disagree with you. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I, like I said, I, I didn't hate it. I didn't. I, dis, I mean, I, believe me. It just. I had just so much enjoyed that book, and maybe it was just because it was an end. Well, at all. that's the only thing that I. Maybe that's, I'm disappointed. Maybe that's is. I'd like to see is. more. Yeah, I want to. I definitely want to see more. I really hope Jeff gets the opportunity, Jeff Parker, to to get an, shot, another. I don't okay. know. I haven't talked to Jeff. I, I, I equate it to news, like but. I equate it to like the Matrix films. The, you know, the Matrix. The first Matrix movie comes out, and it's so revolutionary and so amazing that they never could have possibly gotten topped it. Topped it. They couldn't have. You well, know, and that's that. why the second and third film weren't. It's because they had built up something so amazing I, that okay. there's no way they could have ever ended it. I, I and get, that's kind of maybe what I, what I fell into with this is just like I loved it so much that I really expected the last issue end, yeah. to blow me away, and and I didn't want it to end, but. I, even so, it's yeah. a fantastic series. Very quickly, welcome to Tranquility. Mm-hmm. Uh, Neil Gouge and, uh, and Gail Simone's excellent miniseries from Wildstorm. They're on issue two. Uh, the mystery deepens. Uh, it's a retirement community of superheroes and villains. And uh, you get a little taste of what they were like in their prime because each book, it seems, will start with a little teaser yeah. of a Golden Age story. <laughs> Before the senility yeah. sets exactly. in. And Mr. Articulate, Mixie, and Mixie makes in the first book, Mr. Articulate in the second. And it ties in perfectly with the uh, second episode of Iran Comics that's going to come out this week, but the EC Archive stuff, because there's the, the, the very Crypt Keeper-like character. Who uh, gets criticized for the <laughs> way he makes a rape joke. Yeah, like, yeah. You shouldn't really say that. <laughs> no, it's... You can... Yeah, you you can recognize the ciphers in this book of who various people represent. Uh, I think there's a nice little mystery going on here as well. As usual, Gail Simone bringing her level of humor that I think is unsurpassed in comics. And is, Ga- is like Gail missing a beat right now? She's hidden I, like, I, between I, the no, Adam, Secret Six. Honestly, yeah. Gail is as vital to DC and all the DC properties as Johns, Rucka, any of the D- top DC writers. You have to put Gail right next to him. And I'm so pleased because she is, she is just great. Came through the fandom and has really proven herself as a pro. I mean, she's uh, turned into you know, one of the heavy lifters as far yeah. as comic writers. You don't suck, Gail. You don't she suck. She doesn't Not suck. She does a great Gail job. Simone. She mixes Not suckage. action and humor and smart humor and humor that benefits a character. It's not at the expense of a character. It's always from the character. It's always something this, a character this, would say. This you book know. in particular, I think, really showcases her subtleness and her ability. I mean, this would be a very difficult book for people to write without becoming uh, sort of cliche and and formulaic, you know what I mean? And she it's does, all of her strengths. Yeah, she's uh, writing a great mystery. She's writing a really funny book. Yeah, she is paying great homage to the golden age and the characters and stuff. And I mean, and Gucci's art is really great too. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. it really fits the book. And I, I, she she's kicking ass. Go Gail. Absolutely. Way to go, Red. All right, uh, mine's kind of a two shot, I guess. Uh, it's Mark Guggenheim. Week for me. Um, He's start- coming up on the flash. Guggenheim. It's Guggenheim week. Uh, starting off, Squadron Supreme, Hyperion versus Nighthawk. This is one that I looked at, and I, I really enjoyed the Squadron Supreme universe from when it was, uh, what was the, uh, Supreme Mark Power. Yeah, it, well, yeah. Uh, even, yeah, going back to Grunewald. But really, was 
starting off with Straczynski series with Supreme Power under the Max title, and now uh, Marvel Squadron Supreme. I, I've enjoyed just about everything that has come out in that universe. But saying that, first glance, I was like, oh, okay, another Squadron Supreme miniseries. And then I saw, oh, it's Guggenheim and Paul Gawasi. So Paul nice. Gawasi on art. Yep. Man, I can't turn down Paul Gawasi art. He is he is fantastic. And uh, and Mark Guggenheim has impressed me with pretty much everything that he has written uh, since I found him on uh, uh, Wolverine. Wolverine. Okay. It's Wolverine series. Uh, what what kind of sets uh, Hyperion versus Nighthawk uh, apart is that you know it, it is what the what the title suggests. It's a, it is a great confrontation between those two main characters in the Squadron Supreme universe, but it is set in Africa in the midst of ethnic cleansing and without getting into the whole deal what, what I would suggest is go to your LCS find a copy of this and read Guggenheim's letter on the last page and it, he is much more articulate than I can even begin to be on this but the book basically takes place during this ethnic cleansing and everything that happens in the book really happened except for the superhero stuff and he has uh, uh, quite a few information references. It uh, it all takes place in uh, Darfu. Darfur. 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 Um, very Darfur. intense story. Um, <laughs> no. It is no, 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 a no. great comic, and I think Mark Guggenheim is trying to do something very good with this comic. Uh, as a, uh, a second entry, uh, the Casualties of War tie-in in Blade this week was a one-shot story with Blade and Wolverine. Really a lot of fun. What? I just nothing. I was just looking at your, the screen door of his own number uh, screen there. I was uh, I was just looking at your stack and I was going to call you a Marvel zombie, but that's all right. You you know what I think? What I love about Mark Guggenheim is that mm-hmm. he's coming up on the Flash and reading an interview with him. I think we've sort of fallen into a guy who came through TV who's who really should good. have just been a comic book. <laughs> Yeah, he's like, man, he totally gets. Oh it. yeah, I mean, you read it and he's like, he's got all these ideas about everything he's gonna do. He's like, I know what I'm gonna do. I know what I'm gonna do. And it's like, holy shit, you know, when you deal with people that maybe, it's like you're used to TV people. Come, like, this year, Mark Guggenheim yeah. is going to become a a household name for comic book fans. Reading that issue of uh, of Nighthawk versus uh, Hyperion, I I started thinking about that and and Guggenheim's. Role in comics as it is today, and I, I, I was uh, amazed at his ability to give you a fresh perspective, and yet, like you said, he really gets it. It's not like he's this, you know, outside writer coming in and not, you know, and you, we've seen it before, and, and some are good, some are bad, but he, he really blends he just, it really he's well. Where, it. He's and, like just jumped in. And he, there's one hard luck title, I think, that never seems to be able to capitalize yeah. on its movie or television success, its Blade. And at least to Marvel's credit, as opposed to giving us a four or six issue arc in Blade, they've all been single issue stories. Mm-hmm. They've all been very good single issue stories. So that I, I hope it survives. I don't think it's going to, and it blows my mind because it's it's an amazing team of of Chaykin and and Guggenheim, mm-hmm. and I think it's Chaykin at his current best, and I think it's Guggenheim yeah. writing That's his ass. That's why I'm Absolutely. pumped for Guggenheim to start writing the Flash. Yeah, yeah. psych, selfish for that. bastard. I know, I'm so happy. <laughs> yeah, if you're not reading Blade right now, 
you really should be because it is it is turning into one of my sleeper books yeah. from from the last six months. I'm and really each enjoying issue, them. Each issue is a jumping on point, mm-hmm. so no, don't feel like you've been left yeah. behind yeah. and have to go back. And, 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 and actually, this Casualties of War tie-in, <laughs> great, great one to jump in with. Before we move on to uh, to sales picks, I do have a couple honorable mentions. Uh, first of all, uh, the all new the, the all new Adam uh, once again, Gail Not Simone, um, and 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 for us personally, we're excited because Mike Norton is taking over. Um, uh, uh, for a couple issues yeah, here this issue. on the Adam. That's the only that's Eddie, the only reason reason I picked up the book. He's Ma- doing Ma- more Mike's issues after yes, but uh, Eddie Burrows is going to do a couple, then he's going to do exactly. a couple. Exactly. So. It was written so well that I got to go and get the trade now. So I'm in the first six. Yeah, it, well, oh, there's the, a character I didn't want to like. Yeah, is because I love Ray Palmer, really but Ryan Choi yeah. is a very cool character, and and I like his backstory. And, and I think Norton did a great job on this particular yeah. issue. And Eddie Barrows is great as well yeah. on the regular season. The all-new Adam, once again, just a book that I didn't want to like. And damn it, I, <laughs> yeah. I, I, okay. it yeah. is now on my pull list. And, and, I, and I, I hate you, Mike Norton and Gail Simone, because this book is really good. <laughs> he doesn't And uh, my last honorable mention, because I think this is really under a lot of people's radar, uh, the Ultimate Vision miniseries coming out right now. It is Mike Carey and uh, uh, Brandon Peterson. If you liked Ultimate Extinction, check it out, and it's it's really really uh, surprisingly good. Uh, well, I too have a few books I'd like to oh, talk about. Guys, don't um, you understand the concept of picking? No, up? I know. <laughs> but, but, hey, it's our show; we can do whatever the fuck we want. Um, my, I think my favorite book that I read this week was uh, Justice Society of America number two. Um, at the end of it, I it was like 11:30 at night, and I was really tempted to call up Tom just so I could like. I would have been able to answer I, all your questions <laughs> immediately. He would, he would have popped awake so fast. Be, ah, yeah, text uh, message me. But I, I, I have I, questions I, about JSA. Hey, what's up? <laughs> I restrained myself and and waited till today to to talk to him about it. But um, just you know, I I a lot of the characters and a lot of the stuff that. You know, has gone in, into this series. I don't know all them. I mean, I know the JSA to some degree, but you know, Johns, as always, brings a lot of stuff from from the history of these characters into his books. Um, and I just think he does such a good job of, of balancing between the nostalgia and and giving you know old old school readers uh, great benefits of reading it. Where, and, but also just he writes it so well that anybody can enjoy it. And this issue was just fantastic. Both issues have had fan, just great. Endings, cliffhangers that you're just dying to see the next issue, um, and it's just Jeff Johns' fantastic writing. But also, uh, Dale Ingelsham's stuff has been great. There's this is a, the best stuff of his I've yeah, ever seen. Yeah, I, I, I think I'd have to agree with that. The, the one particular scene with Wildcat talking with his son and the emotional uh, connection he makes with that—I mean, it just made me maybe smile. Maybe the best. Literally. Maybe the best single panel. In God knows how long. Well, I'm not I mean, going to go that crazy, but it was really good. <laughs> and and, no, and talk about capturing a moment. It was. It was a fantastic. I mean, it just was a real great example of an artist being very in tune with what the story is trying to do and the entire emotional uh, um, vein of what this book is, which is all about family. Which is, you know, they set that up from the very beginning. The Just Society is is all about family, and they've really really in the first two issues at least paid off with it so and starman's my 
one of my favorite new characters. But well, this team is—I mean, it's this team and, and Meltzer and Bennis on JLA. These are the two marquee team books for DC. Mm-hmm. And if, as much as I was disappointed that they suspended Justice Society after that Levitt's uh, arc wrapped up mm-hmm. to coincide with JLA, both of these books are absolutely must-buy books, and I and I think. That the creative teams are are giving you their all, and I and I think it's a it's it's a great read, and I agree with you. I think the mysteries are really interesting, and as you say, it's it's family, and and family has always been a big part of JSA, but I think now, especially with the inclusion of characters like the the Legion Starman, who we believe that's who it is. Um, you're really looking at the community of superheroes mm-hmm. stemming from the Golden Age to the 31st century. It is the pantheon of DC that will be in Justice Society. Just as, you know, it's you're going to see JLA people in, in JSA, and it's okay. And you're going to see right. Titans in JSA. Yeah. Everybody is fair game in JSA, in, and like I think a, that's in cool. A, in a smaller scope, what, I love about, what I've loved about this book so far is the idea that you take something like Wildcat has a son, which... On its surface, it's very cliche, but Johns and Eaglesham have done such a good job of taking what could be a really silly cliche story right. and being like, "Wow, Wildcat has a son." Let's deal yeah, with yeah, it. Let's yeah. deal with it in a, in a how does really he, adult and how does Wildcat, a guy who's like the ultimate like loner, I don't give a shit, yeah, yeah, loner yeah, yeah, like, yeah. yeah, And they even bring that up. It's like you know, almost to a point of his son sort of being throwing that in yeah. his face and and saying, "Hey, you know, you're the ultimate guy that you know." Doesn't give a shit about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like well, he was the product of a fling. Yeah, he was a product yeah. of this early fling, and it's like, well, no, I knew who you were about. I knew who you were. I just, you, wa- I didn't want to complicate your life. I mean, if you're, you know, if you're like, uh, you know, a hardcore Marvel zombie that's never read DC stuff, or you're intimidated by this stuff because there's so much that you don't know about it. Do yourself a favor and pick it up anyway. You'll enjoy it, even if you don't. I mean, I do don't not. Matter. Yeah, they I mean, th- yeah. If you get them, or if you go out and go on Wikipedia and figure it out, or if you call Tom and he'll tell you all the. <laughs> it's it's that much. Tom it's, at it's, it's that much better. But even without that, they're just really, really good superhero books, and and you do yourself a disservice if you're not picking them up. Besides that, there are a couple other books that I wanted to mention. One was The Cryptics, number two, from Steve Niles and Benjamin Roman. Um, it, it's sort of you know like a kid. I think I talked about this book at yeah. one time. It's uh, it's uh, kid monsters, the, the Wolfman, Dracula, Doctor Jekyll, Mister Hyde, and they're all these friends that hang out in, in like suburbia and get into trouble. And and it's really <laughs> just like our funny. Gang has the yeah, universal yeah, exa- And it's it. it's just really funny and really cool art and uh, and just a fun fun book. It's, I mean, if you like monsters and Niles, you know he's known as sort of the horror guy, but Hell this yeah. is just a different side of his writing where it's it's just funny and and uh, lighthearted and and yeah it is very much like peanuts or our gang but with you know Universal mon- yeah yeah exactly and it's just really fun and, and the art was great hey. and then um one other book i i uh i actually received from archaea they sent us as a review copy uh is a book called robotica it's a hardcover um and it uh it is written and drawn by a guy by the name of Alex Sheikman, who I, I don't know anything about, but uh, I just started reading it, and um, it's a really interesting, like, way out there, future sci-fi samurai story um, that's kind of deep and, and twisted and, and, and weird, but the art in it is phenomenal. It is a gorgeous, gorgeous book. They're a, they're a European uh, translation reprint uh company am i correct well they they i mean they they're doing the killer which is a, yes. was a french book yeah. but they also publish uh mouse guard oh okay and okay. uh um 
I think because this looks European, that's why I asked. Yeah, I don't I don't honestly have any idea where, you know, like I said, much more information about it. Um I just haven't had a chance to really look into it, but it I, I was really just blown away by the art. It's it's got a little bit of a Ryan Sook feel to it. And he actually did some covers for it uh, initially when it was coming out in single issues. Um, but Alex Sheikman wrote it and, and drew it, and it's striking. I mean, the art in it, some of these pages are just absolutely gorgeous, and it's very uh, sort of sci-fi meets horror meets samurai, and uh, like, I haven't gotten that far into the story, but it, it really is beautiful, so if you get a chance, take a look at it. All right. Now nice. we, have, uh, we have one more. Top. It's the top of the stack from a listener. <laughs> it, is, it is a listener top of the stack, and uh, it says, Happy New Year, guys. It's Richard from Wales again, Blue Meanie on the forums. It's a bit late, but I thought I'd once again chip in with the top of the stack. But this time, it's what was at the top of my Xmas stack. Yeah, Batman, triple Xmas stack. <laughs> Batman Absolute Hush. I only got the two uh, books this Christmas. Uh, this and, oh, is it Dita Von Tees? Yes. Uh, and I <laughs> you answered that really quick, John. No, it's, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's, a yeah, it's Dita Von Tees. Dita Von Tees, pinup chick. And he says, uh, I have to say it was a close call. Which one was sexier? Actually, that's bullshit, isn't it? Yes. The Dita one was way sexier. I mean, I'm a nerd and all that, but there's no uh, competition really, is there? In fact, I should review the Dita book. So he switches off from Absolute Hush, and now he's reviewing uh, Dita Von Tees. This is a great book. In it, Dita poses in various states of undress, wearing lingerie and fetish gear. (laughs) As well as the many pictures, there are also words which, should I ever decide to read them, will probably also be very nice. The pages are large and have an almost laminated quality, which I'm sure will be very useful to many they won't readers. Stick together, at least <laughs> not yet. Of having to pry the pages apart after a few reads. And the best part, my wife bought it for me, so I can't get a kicking for reading it. As a newly married man, I'm sure Chris will appreciate what a big fucking deal that is. Congrats again, by the way. Thank you, Richard. Uh, part two of Richard's review will be next week. Oh, he talks about Russian. Yeah. Jesus Christ. And all the comic nerds are like, yeah, but what do you think about Hush? What do you think about Hush? Von Tees? I was told there would be she's, one review. Uh, she's like, she's a total Betty Page, like, you know, modern day Betty Page. I'm an equal opportunity masturbator. Anyway, I don't know. I think I got a, like a tool calendar at my work that's probably sexier than Snap on. You know, I think it's absolute uh, calendar. Then, then. Yeah, any comic book. Absolutely. But anyway. <laughs> All right, so uh, so part, 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 part two of uh, part two of Blue Minis review next week. <laughs> it's still right, a drawing. I, I struggled. <laughs> I, it took me forty-five minutes to masturbate to New Frontier. <laughs> <laughs> it took me forty-five minutes. Yeah. You know how hard it that was? That was <laughs> is that because Wonder Woman's gonna kind of shorten squat? Yes, yeah, they all have those round faces and stuff. <laughs> but like it's like, it took say, a lot of fucking the, effort, guys. You look at the action figure for Wonder Woman from the New Frontier. It looks like a blow-up doll. Oh, nice. That's fair. That's all right, folks, that for all will, your masturbation. That will pleasure. wrap up top of the stack. I want to remind you that you can help us out by spreading the Around Comics love. One way you can do that is with the Listener LCS Challenge, and we actually had a couple people take us up on that. Uh, the first one is Simon from Ottawa, who was on the show. Are we the show? Yeah, uh, Simon writes in, he says, uh, hey, it's Simon from Ottawa, I got my local comic shop to put up the Around Comics poster, and we printed off some smaller sheets to give to customers in the store, we hope this helps get the word out on AC in the Ottawa area, and 
He uh, his shop is Wizard's Tower at 462 Hazel Dean Road, Unit 10 in Canada. Is that Canada on? However uh, they pronounce it. Canada. 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 Tomato. Next one is Lee Webb. Good shows again this week, guys. I've spoken to my local comic shop store and putting up the Around Comics flyer. He seems up for it, but as I can't access the part of the site to get to the file, <laughs> so could you please email it to me? Sure. We will do that. <laughs> and some topics I'd like to see you guys cover, what makes a good comic book store, and what makes you pick up a new book. As for the Around Comics tattoo, I'm a DC fan, so you're going to need something better than Conan and Spider-Man. <laughs> so, Not giving I, you any of my stuff. I'm sure those are uh, <laughs> those are probably uh, great show topics for down the line, so sure. Lee, we will keep those uh, uh, stuck back for a waiter, and I'm sure that we will pull those out whenever we're desperate. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. uh, it happens meantime, a lot. It happens, it happens a lot. Yeah. Give us a dig at dig.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, check us out at Comic Space at www.comicspace.com slash around comics. Or write us a review at iTunes Reviews. Be as cool as Andy Park. If that were even possible. One of my favorites is the Frappa. And, uh, no, so no, I'm, really be as cool as BC2005. BC2005 had a great review. Thank you very much. Yes. Uh, we had some uh, we had some frapper participants. And Mr. Kenneth Cunningham from That's Keith. That's Keith. Kenneth, I'm going to call him Kenneth. <laughs> Mr. Keith, Mr. K Cunningham from Springboro, Ohio. Ohio. I know you guys, and we know you too. You know why? Because you're now contributing to the website. Yeah, Keith has been a bulldog this week. He's I, I, I've had, compulsive, to, I've I had to sort of leash him. He's just gone crazy, and he's just emailing every creator on the planet trying yeah. to get interviews. But no, he's done a really great job. He, he, his first Did 20 one, questions with Jack Kirby? I don't know how he got those answers, though. <laughs> I think he made them up. He might have made those up. No, but he, he had uh, tw- 20 questions with... Uh, um, Aaron Ikeda, mm-hmm. who plays Rex, uh, the recurring role on Scrubs, who's a big mm-hmm. comic book nerd, and uh, and also he just did one today zone. of uh, um, uh, Freddie Freddy, Freddy Freddy Williams, Williams the, the third. third, and uh, and both are very nice, very good interviews. Go in, check them out. Yeah, and uh, Keith also did a fantastic review of Wolverine: Enemy of the State. So Keith has turned into a fantastic contributor at he the site. He is a super really evil monkey. And uh, uh, we also had the quiet. Panelologist at work in Ashford, England, the UK, and they say that they love the show. And we, we love, love your show, show too. too. We love our show. <laughs> I was listening too. to the the last episode today. I was chuckling. They're really funny guys, although sometimes hard to to understand. They I don't know what the language same. they're speaking, but no. Um, I'm going up the apples and pans. <laughs> right, but oy, they, they oy, did oy. a they did a bit on their their show the, uh, just in the beginning where it was like. We have a huge guest. I'm not going to do a British accent. But they, we have thank a huge God. guest this oh, week. Thank you, uh, Mr. Joe Casada. And then they played a clip from like another podcast where Casada <laughs> was on. I was like, uh, uh, guys, is that a huge reference? Uh, you know, talking about my talking weight. about my weight. And they're like, yes, of course it is, you big fatty. And he just hangs up. He's like, I can't believe you did that. And <laughs> they do a nice yeah, job. Yeah, they do. They're a fun cast. All right, we've uh, we fun. actually have a lot of listener emails. We're running a little long today, so we're gonna bump some of them to next week. Thank you guys preemptively for all of the emails. We appreciate it. We will there's get to them. There's one thing we have to apologize. But there's for, one though. that we have to read. Tom, um, this is from Jester Goblin. He says, "Dear God, you raped my brain." <laughs> Leonardo, leader of the group, uses katana. Donatello, brains of the group, uses bow staff. Michelangelo, joker of the group, uses nunchaku. 
Raphael, angry of the group, used a sigh. And this is a reference to the fact that we totally fucked up the Teenage Mutant Ninja yeah. Turtles. We yeah, ripped we the internet in yeah, half with our Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles that ineptitude. Being, that being said, Hillary only really needed to know about Raphael, and we did get him right at least yeah. Yeah, at him some right. point. And we're, if you do a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles podcast, we like to come on and to apologize to the fans. To all yeah. the Teenage Mutant Ninja, Ninja Turtles. Yeah, that was fans. bad. That was... Uh, eh, what are you going to do? I, like I said, I have two... Excuses. I was drunk, and I haven't read a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in like ten years. So, there you go. I have no excuse. All right. right, uh, We promise we will get to the rest of those emails. So thank you, folks. Um, Would like to remind you to check out all the great things that AroundComics.com has to offer. It is your source for the best in comic book news, reviews, and opinions. While you're there, please take a minute to fill out our listener survey. Let's us know who we're talking to and how we can make Around Comics a better show. Like getting all the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles right. And we are proud members of the Comics Podcast Network. The CPN is a collection of the best comic book podcasts on the net. You can learn more about the network and find more great podcasts at comicspodcast.com. Just so you're aware, we post next week's topic on Tuesdays or maybe Thursdays. It depends. At our forum at aroundcomics.com. Yes. Dead air. What the hell is going on here? <laughs> I'm sorry, did you, I would like to uh, uh, thank uh, Colin Bunn and Brian Hurt from The Dam ah, for sponsoring yeah. this episode. Sure. Uh, I'd like air. to thank everyone. <laughs> I'd like to thank everyone who joined us today. Sal, Tom, as always, Fuck Mr. Scarzi, oh. for coming down. Oh, it was great to meet you in person. Absolutely. It'll be $25 for the prime rib. <laughs> Look behind the curtain. It's very scary. <laughs> Isn't it? Yeah. Sal's ugly, it's, ain't he? It's. What? Yeah, I know we're not. <laughs> is there a mixer for radio? I would I would complain, you know, but it's already Saturday, so I'm just gonna shut up. Is there more or less <laughs> masturbation than you thought? <laughs> oh, so, I would say so much less, I would think. <laughs> originally, originally, I I was asked what Around Comics was about, and I said, well, it's about comic books and old naked guys. But then I remember that I usually listen to this at the gym. Many <laughs> old naked guys. It's, it's well, Hillary's gone. Visuals people get from us. <laughs> All right, Mr. Suntress, uh, any anything cool coming up on uh, on Word Balloon? Oh, plenty cool coming up on Word Balloon. Mr. Tim Seeley will be joining us shortly hey. for uh, a hack slash and Fuck. other things talk. And uh, see what we were going to interview him. See? Shit, I know. Damn. Sorry, we already did. I know. Um, well, we didn't um, interview. And actually, I had a little mishap uh, and lost a couple uh, pending uh, episodes, so I had to do a reshuffle. <clears throat> so uh, more announcements uh, to come. But that yes. interview with Lily from the Monsters. Monte <laughs> Carlo, oh. we hardly knew ye. Oh, <laughs> you. Oh, really dropped so the sad. ball now. Yeah, that, yeah, that Lily <laughs> Monster retrospective is going to happen. <laughs> Don't mess with Sal, Sal will get very Lily. upset. I love Lily. Very he can totally masturbate to this. Dude, we saw we saw Moses' wife in the Ten Commandments. Hey, man. we she saw pictures good. of her in like her twenties. Well, she, she was hot. She was yeah. smoking. She's not Dita Von Tease, but she's hot. <laughs> All right, everyone, have a uh, a fantastic couple days. A uh, great week for Around Comics coming up. We uh, have Comic Books 101 EC Comics oh. coming up. On Thursday ish. I don't know. Whenever I and, get to it. And Whenever directly get it after get it, guys. and directly after that, we have a, a really fun interview with Russ Cochran. Nobody, nobody's paying Russ me for this shit. I'll get it out when I get it out. <laughs> hey, God damn, all right. So uh, e- EC Comics <laughs> Week will uh, um, will get ramped up after this episode. Everyone have a fantastic rest of your week. We'll be back again on Thursday. In Ish. the meantime, <laughs> we'll be everywhere in and around. And around Robin went out to Moses' wife. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> <laughs>
you would like to suggest a topic, send us your comments, or are interested in becoming a panel member, email us at info at aroundcomics.com or visit the Contact Us section of our website. Music for the show provided by the Podshow Podsafe Music Network, music.podshow.com. Views expressed in the interviews or by guests of the show are solely those of the individuals expressing them and do not reflect the opinions of Around Comics. Thank you for listening today, and remember to join us next time when the panel will change, but our mission will stay the same, bringing you the very best news, reviews, and opinions in and around comics. Around Comics is a Pipe Dream production. Copyright 2006. All rights reserved. Okay.